Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Jared Allen heard things about me, and I'd heard things about him. So how did the two of us come to find a mutual respect while I was a reporter and he was a player for the Minnesota Vikings, a relationship that grew into a friendship? Stick around to find out in part one of my conversation with Jared Allen. Team Snap is the presenting sponsor of the Winning Is Not Everything podcast. As an all-in-one youth sports management app, Team Snap helps take the stress out of coaching, letting you spend more time with your team and less time organizing. As a coach, I love to track the real-time RSVPs, which lets me prepare for each training session, and I love to post scouting reports and discussion topics. As a parent, I appreciate being able to sync my kids' schedules directly into my calendar and use the Team Chat feature for timely updates on where to meet and park. Download the TeamSnap app in your mobile app store or visit teamsnap.com slash winning for more information. Jared Allen will soon be honored as the 27th member of the Minnesota Vikings Ring of Honor. If there's any position group that the Vikings are famous for, it would be defensive linemen. And Jared Allen fits right in because of his relentlessness and his work ethic. But there were lots of questions when he arrived via a trade between the Vikings and the Kansas City Chiefs, one that was costly for both sides and hardly considered a sure bet for either. I was the Vikings beat writer for the St. Paul Pioneer Press at the time, and Jared was told to be wary of me because of my reporting skills, and there were questions about Jared's character during his time with the Chiefs. But we both decided to give each other the benefit of the doubt and start our relationship with a clean slate, a decision that we are both grateful for. We had a very good working relationship while he played and I covered the team, and a friendship developed in the years after I stopped covering the NFL and he stopped playing in the league. Jared Allen is about to be honored by the Vikings, and I thought it would be a fine time to share more about one of the most remarkable people I had the pleasure to cover and get to know during my time connected to the NFL. Let's get to it. I am so excited to have my friend Jared Allen on as a guest. Jared, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, Jared, uh, you know, we go back a few years and and we've stayed in touch. You know, obviously we connected uh, when I was a journalist covering the Vikings and the NFL and uh, you were a superstar athlete. What what do you kind of remember about when we first connected? Well, uh, first thing I remember is you being uh, considered the tough journalist in town, right? You know, hey, you got to look out for Mr. Jensen over there. He, he'll try to he'll try to get you. But I think you and I hit it off because I, I, I think I appreciated your authenticity, right? You know, you did. You asked me some challenging questions and I feel like I gave you honest answers. And I think our, our relationship started based on that on that trust and that authenticity. And, you know, I think it's a, I think it's an always a constant reminder for people to not to judge a book by its cover. And, you know, you, you hear things about, you know, people, places, things, but until you experience it, I tell everybody, all I can do is judge people off and to place it off of my experiences with them. So yeah, that's how I remember it starting. But then, you know, we quickly became friends. And like you said, it, it happened. It was one of those relationships built off of trust and being our genuine selves and not neither side, you know, you're getting mad at the other one for doing their job. 
And one of the things I appreciated about you was the same thing is I think you appreciated the fact that I could be honest with you. And I think some people just kind of saw who you were based on some of the things you'd done in the past, right? And and I think I was in my faith walk at that point where it was just, you can't really focus, you know, on the past. You have to look at the character of the person. And I just saw somebody who was just so hungry to have a fresh start and to create new relationships. And for me to look back to who you are when I met you to the man that you are today, I mean, it's just such a remarkable journey and transformation. And so just as your friend, I'm really proud to see the man that you are today. And it has nothing to do with football. Well, I appreciate it. Well, yeah, I mean, right. I mean, the question when we were talking, what did I say? I said, just if you want to know if I'm changed, just watch how I live, right? That's the best testament you can give to anybody. We just had a Bible study at school the other day. And that's why I said, I said the best gift God gives us, right, is hope, right? It's peace. Hey, if you're truly living in God's path, you're not really concerned with what others think of what you're doing because you're at peace with your vertical relationship, yeah. right? And so I think, again, that that was kind of that spark that sparked our friendship. But it is, it's a, you know, life is about growing, right? Life is about growth. But I heard something the other day that said, the only thing bad in life is not learning from something, right? Like the only mistake is is not not learning from it and moving forward. So it, it, that's a message we've tried to pass to my kids. We just finished our, you know, her first season of volleyball and there was highs and there was lows and, you know, I try to tell her the only thing you can control is your effort and your attitude, right? Mm. And, you know, if you're, whether you're subbing or you're starting, take advantage of the opportunities you're given and continue to grow and elevate yourself. You know, those are the joys of life. And I've yeah. always said, you know, I'm constantly, I'm hopefully I'm constantly learning. Hopefully I'm not the same guy today that I am in 10 years, right? I hope life experiences will teach me something. I hope you continue to be humbled. Some people look at being humbled as a, as a, as a bad thing. I look at being humbled as a gift from God because I think it reminds you and keeps you in perspective that, you know, life is bigger than just the things that we tend to focus on daily. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, yeah. I don't think, I, I got to believe we weren't here just to make money, you know, make babies, make memories and, you know, cuss at people in traffic. You know, right. <laughs> I feel like there's got to yeah. be some better ending for that. And, and we're going to get into one of the ways that you have committed yourself to giving back to others later on in the episode. But you talked about your daughter and sort of the ups and downs of her volleyball season. But I want to go back to your childhood. What was your favorite childhood sports-related memory? I know the podcast is called Winning It Isn't Everything, but it was winning national championships. I could have, I appreciate the game, but I mean, growing up, winning and losing was was that winning was everything for our teams. Um, you know, I, I was, honestly, I was blessed that I've always had great coaches. I've always been on hyper-competitive teams. And I think that's what made me the player that I grew into be because I constantly had to push yourself if you wanted to be relevant from a team standpoint on that team. And, but yeah, I mean, I can remember the first national championship we won in Disney World. I remember the one we lost and then we got it. They had illegal players. So we ended up, you know, winning it secondary. Tell, tell me about one of those then. Like, tell me about. Oh, one so, of those okay. So, the first, my very first. My, so, I, I switched. I went. So, I played Pop Warner. You know, Pop Warner. I, was, I played for the Morgan Hill Raiders. And then I, I moved and I played for the Gilroy Browns. And uh, my coach at the time, Pat McGrady, they had just come off of, you know, a national title run. I think they won. You know, they were undefeated, all that stuff. And so, you know, we go in that year. We make it all the way. And, and that year, the Nationals game was right there in Santa Clara County. And so, we make it all the way. We're playing a team from Texas. And I'll never forget, these kids had like biceps on them. I, just, I think it was a junior, uh, junior midget. So we're, you know, sixth, seventh grade, right? <laughs> and dudes had straight up mustaches. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, what is this? 
I'm over here shaving peach fuzz just to try to get one little, you know, this dude's got like a full on mustache. He's all yoked up, got abs. And we lost, we ended up losing 16 to nine. They remember, I'll never forget, they face masked our quarterback, threw him to the ground. They took him to the house off a fumble like that. But we ended up getting that one credit. <laughs> that team got eliminated from the following year because they had Facebook, fake birth certificates. That was way back before, you know, the kid, wow. the little league birth certificate scandal. This yeah. happened years before. So that was a fun one. But I think, you know, that one probably sticks in my memory the most. Yeah. because it was the most challenging, right? Even like we didn't physically win that game. It was one of those things when we look back and we realize what we were up against, you're kind of like, yeah. okay. That's so pretty- some of those dog fights we were in, that was my first experience being on a team. I was always on decent, like decent teams, but being on a team that had an expectation of success, right? And I think in sports, you know, especially, I used to tell guys in the all time, Learning how to win is just as important as, you know, losing habits. You can create losing habits, right? But building winning habits is just as infectious. Teams have to learn how to win. And that was the first team I'd ever been on where winning was expected, success was expected, and, you know, your best was expected and done in, in, in a remarkable way. You know, I'm still, I, literally, I'm, I just talked to our quarterback from that team, you know, right before I got in here with you today. And so, you know, I talked to his dad, his, his dad was very influential in my life as well. So great people. But it was a, it was definitely, that was that first team environment I've been in to where, okay, this is, this is what true athletic, you know what I mean? Like, this is what sports, team sports, this is what you're driving to the, to the goal. And I think that's important. And, you know, especially in youth sports, winning is not everything by any means, right? You know what I mean? There, there's a place for winning and losing, but you have to have a goal. Otherwise, you're chasing something endlessly. And if you don't have goals in life, then you're chasing, a, you're chasing a phantom idea, right? Because then there's no way of measurement. And, you know, it's like dieting, right? People hate dieting and working out because it, it, it takes you a while to see any side for results. And whether we like it or not, people are results driven. So, you know, it's always good. I used to set, you know, write my goals down for the year and top one would be win a Super Bowl, right? And then you would incrementally take them down to get through training camp without getting hurt. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you want to have small individual wins along the way to keep yourself interested, to keep kids interested and to show growth and stuff like that. But if you don't have any way of measuring, then you don't have a way to know what, what it is. Then, you know, then you're playing yard ball on the weekend wondering, you know, what if and stuff like that. So, but yeah, that's why I've, I've always tried to tout those lines very gingerly, so to speak because you know you don't want people's whole mentality to be if we win we're the best if i lose i'm nothing but you have to have a have a form of measurement so you can continually to grow and i think that's why it's it's in life as well right what do you what am i measuring myself against to know if i'm getting better or getting worse which coach or teacher encouraged and inspired you most when you were younger? Oh, my dad. But hands down, my dad was all in, uh, right, wrong, or indifferent. You know, when I told him when I was eight that I wanted to play pro football, he was like, all right, drop me off at the gate, make me run a mile to the house. Better eat, sleep, and drink football. I, I will say this. He always coached me and stuff like that too, right? But he was tough. He was one of those great job, but, you know, type deal. We always pointed out the negatives. So that's what you knew what to improve on. But I will say this. Most parents dismiss kids' dreams. My dad did everything he possibly could do to make sure it made it a reality, you know, so to be there and and to drive me and push me to the point where I wanted to quit sometimes, right? And, you know, and, and, and that, that work ethic and that, that mentality, I think that mental toughness is what soaked in on me. So like I said, not everybody's going to agree with those methods of going all in when you're eight, but he really did set a standard. Like, like I look back and I'm like, man, he believed 
just as much as I believe in myself, he believed in me wholeheartedly and he held my feet to the fire and he pushed me towards that goal. You know, and then I had, I had great, I did have a great coach. I talked about it earlier, Coach McGrady, early on young, you know, obviously taught me what it was like to be on a winning team. Uh, I, had, I had some great, you know, college coaches along the way. I mean, at each different point of my career, I've had a coach or a mentor that's been, that's been phenomenal. But my dad's the one that started it all out. What was the most valuable lesson you learned through a challenge or defeat growing up? Oh, I think, you know, I didn't lose much growing up. I gotta be honest. Always tried to be the best at what I could do. Early on, I guess, you know, I have to take back like that game I talked about earlier, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, here I am on a team that we're undefeated. We're blowing everybody. We're 36 point ruling everybody. We're writing letters, you know? And then we get into a game where we're outgunned and, you know, we lose, we lose a tough one. And I think in that moment, you look at, okay, you can either sulk, but knowing our team was going to be together next year, we put together another run and we won the Nationals the following year. So I think for me, those lessons in sports, it just just perseverance, right? Yeah. How to battle through adversity. I was young when my parents got divorced, right? I mean, there's no greater adversity in life than a kid, you know, honestly going through a separation with their parents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just, it just taught me that you know, crappy things are going to happen. And, and I didn't have this thought at, at a young age. I'm able to reflect back on it, but I was able to still achieve things, even though not everything in life was what everybody else had or was cush, right? Okay. And so at certain points, whether it's in ath- athletics or life, you have to make personal choices. You either let your circumstances control you or you you decide that, hey, I'm going to persevere no matter what. And uh, I made those decisions that, you know, I wasn't going to let, you know, having a split time between my parents stop me from achieving what I wanted to do athletically. I wasn't going to let, you know, a loss in the championship make me depressed to where I wasn't willing to put forth the effort going forth. And in the same way as I learned growing up, too, is, you know, as I got older, is you can't let success get to your head to where you aren't willing to repeat it. Right. Because anybody can be good once greatness is measured at how long you can stay at the top. Hey, Jared, how old were you when your parents got separated? I was in fourth grade. So what did that make me? Yeah. Nine, I think nine or 10. Yeah, nine. That's a tough age. That's a tough age to deal with something so serious. Oh, yeah. yeah I, wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any questions or comments, please visit my website, seankjensen.com, and go to the contact page. You can even leave me a voice recording. And of course, I want to thank my presenting sponsor, TeamSnap, the go-to must-have app in youth sports. Winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you again next time.